You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. Hi, I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dogmaster, and the trainer of Rex on the hit TV series Hudson and Rex. This week, we're going to get an oral lesson all about dogs' mouths. Welcome to How to Dog. It said there's nothing cleaner than a dog's mouth, but that's a bit hard to believe. Ask anyone who's watched their dog pick up another dog's poop and chew on it. Yee. Indeed, oral care is just as important for our dogs as it is for people. And today, we're going to hear why. This week, what goes on inside your dog's mouth? The other day I came home and my dog had eaten my dictionary. So what did you do? I took the words right out of his mouth. <laughs> Hi, everyone. A reminder that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be professional advice. Always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry. My first guest today is Dr. Jane Pegg. She's a veterinarian who practices exclusively in canine oral care. In other words, she's a doggy dentist. Her research won an award for the greatest impact at the Veterinary Dental Forum in 2019. And now she's here to have an impact on our listeners. Hi, Dr. Jane Pegg, how are you? Hi there, I'm great. How are you doing today, Sherry? We're good here. We're very excited about today. We have a a great topic. Could you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm Jane. I am a veterinary dentist. So I am a board certified veterinary dental specialist. I work at VCA Canada's 404 Veterinary Emergency and Referral Hospital in Newmarket, Ontario. Um, And I spend my days performing dental care for dogs and cats with dogs being part of our family and you know a lot of people consider their dogs a family member a lot of people consider their dogs their kids um there's been some new changes and i think dentistry is one of those things that is in the forefront of veterinary medicine that has really come up and is something that is actually a thing nowadays where 25 years ago your dog had to break its teeth off or do something drastic in order to have a canine dentist. Is that fair in saying that? Yeah, I think that's totally fair to say. And I mean, things are so different now from 25 years ago. So my background, I grew up on a farm in Southern Ontario, down a dirt road. At the end of this road, we had this sign that said free kittens that was written by children. And like the paint was dripping down from the letters, if you can picture it. And, you know, so growing up in that setting and we had dogs and cats and horses and donkeys and pigs and goats. And so growing up in that setting, like I come from that absolute school of thought that like, why would you ever take your dog to the dentist to have teeth taken care of? So that's what my background was. And when I went to vet school, my intention was to become a rural mixed animal farm vet, which I did. And I practiced that way for five years. Um, 
But in that setting, I kind of came to understand like seeing patients, seeing dental problems, seeing dental disease over and over again, and how much of an impact it actually had on their life. I started doing more and more dental training and eventually decided to become a specialist, went back to school for several years to do that. Um, so I totally get where you're coming from that 25 years ago, we didn't, we didn't really even have a grasp on how important it is, but your dental health makes such a huge contribution to your overall health. Um, I think we just know way more than we did back then. I'm going to ask you, because this is what a lot of people say is, well, wolves don't brush their teeth and they're perfectly healthy. Yeah, so it's a great question. There are a couple studies that look at uh, the trauma and the pathology that wild dogs have. And the other thing that's happening is most of those wild dogs are not living to 8, 10, 12, 14, 17 years. Most of them, they live long enough to reproduce and they live long enough for the species to carry on. But an alpha wolf in a pack, you know, five years, seven years, eight years, that is a very, very old wolf. And a lot of that, I think, you know, when their teeth break down, they can no longer eat. They're on the outside of the pack and they just don't live as long as we want our pets to live. No, it's true, though, because a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, breaking teeth, blah, blah. But it, it is very true that the teeth have more effect on the animal's overall well-being than just what we think of them using their teeth for. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, in people, there is really, really, really strong evidence that bad dental health impacts your heart health and your kidney health and your liver health and the overall health of many of the organs in your body. If you have bad dental problems and need some orthopedic surgery, like a hip replaced or something like that, sometimes your surgeon will send you to get your dental problems addressed before they'll do surgery on you because every time you eat, Bacteria are going into your bloodstream and causing chronic wear and tear on everything. Like the mouth is the gateway to the body. And if you don't take care of your oral health and your dental health, all of that chronic wear and tear is damaging your other organs. And the thing people don't always understand is it's not that your pets ever usually die of their dental problems. But that long-standing dental issue has done damage to the kidneys over time and they will develop bad kidney disease or it makes their kidney disease worse or they develop diabetes and it makes their diabetes worse. So it's kind of bad dental health and bad oral health is a multiplier of everything else in the body. On that note, can you tell us what we as an average dog, animal, dog, cat, because I'm assuming it, this goes for all animals with teeth, but f we're dealing with our family dogs right here. So can you tell us what the average owner should be doing with their dog's teeth? Should they be brushing their teeth? Should they be going to a vet every, every six months like we do and get a checkup? Like what is the protocol? So it's pretty variable depending on what type of a dog you have. Smaller dogs and brachycephalic dogs, so like boxers, bulldogs, shih tzus, dogs with the kind of squished in face, those type of animals are going to need a lot more dental care than larger dogs and dogs with kind of a normal skull and normal dentition, like a lab, say, or a Rottweiler. Um, there's a group called the American Animal Hospital Association, AHA, and they have a set of recommendations. And 
The best recommendation is to start when they're quite young. So for cats and small dogs, less than 20 or 25 pounds, to have a dental cleaning and x-rays done before they're a year old and for large dogs before they're two years old and see what the baseline is. So that's from a veterinary standpoint um, where, where you should get started. From an owner standpoint, I think if your pet is healthy enough and has no other medical conditions, Dental diets are a fabulous thing that you can do um, that's easy and accessible. Most animals can eat them and uh, they're, you know, they're a great way to keep their teeth healthy long term. Toothbrushing is the ideal. Uh, I find lots of people really struggle with that or can't integrate it into their routine or their dog really fights them and, you know, they just can't get on board with it. So I think you know, dental diet is one thing I'm really recommending to a lot of folks if they're asking this question, because it's something, you know, you feed your dog every single day. So it's something that is consistently getting done. And I think something that you are doing on a consistent basis is probably better than like the toothbrushing that happens once a week or once a month or, or you know, maybe for a couple of weeks after you go see your vet and then you fall off the bandwagon. Um, there are some great dental chews out there as well that help to prevent plaque and tartar buildup. Um, and there's a really great website I'd love to direct people to. It's the Veterinary Oral Healthcare Council, the VOHC. And if you um, search for that online, you'll, you'll be able to find that website. It has a big list of veterinary approved dental products that have had some research done that says they're actually effective at what they claim. And, you know, there's chews and dental foods and there are things you can add to their drinking water. So from a prevention standpoint, there's a lot of different strategies. Um, and it's probably best to work with your vet to tailor a strategy for your individual pet because everybody isn't the average and some pets are going to need less than average and some pets are going to need more. I'm Sherry Davis and today on How to Dog, we're talking about your dog's mouth and how to take care of it. Later in the show, I'm going to speak with Dr. Danny DeRose. Dr. Danny teaches other veterinarians about dental disorders in dogs and how to treat them. That's coming up shortly. Right now, I'm speaking to Dr. Jane Pegg. She's a veterinarian who specializes exclusively in canine dentistry and oral surgery. Dogs get two sets of teeth, generally speaking, same as humans. We get our baby teeth and then we get our adult teeth. So there's um, something that I see because I, I think it's funny that you said get them checked when they're younger because I see a lot of people with puppies and what they do is they, um, they'll they give them bones or the, and a lot of people with adult dogs even do that and, and they'll give them bones or, or they're going to give them like... Um, something like a nyla bone or something really hard and they're like well it's because you know they need to chew and it helps with their teething but to me if i'm chewing on a piece of steel basically that's what a bone is like you know I, i'm putting my teeth at risk especially baby teeth because we already know that they're kind of um compromised because of the fact that they're going to be coming out anyways is that not correct yeah, so to your first point, yes, dogs get two sets of teeth. They get a set of baby teeth and then a set of adult teeth, just like people. 
Um, and the second question about bones and nylabones, um, and another one, antlers that I put into that category of things that are super, super hard to chew on. I never recommend those things. They are probably my number one, two, and three tooth breakers that I see dogs for broken teeth as a result of chewing on them. Um, so things that are good for dogs to chew on, like rope toys, the rubber um, Kong type toys are great to chew on. Anything that's kind of soft enough that you can indent it with your fingernail or that you'd hit yourself on the kneecap pretty hard with it, that, that's generally a good test in terms of how hard something is. Anything that's like big and harder than tooth structure, dogs when they're chewing can generate bite forces that are stronger than their teeth can withstand. So if they bite down really hard on something that, that doesn't give way, like a bone or an antler or a nyla bone, um, the thing that will give way is their tooth structure, and then they wind up coming to see me for a broken tooth. So I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because rope toys are great. However, I have seen multiple people, and maybe you can help us say, so, you know, this is a thing with certain breeds as adults also, but I've seen multiple, multiple people who have puppies and they're little sharp razor, sharp uh, puppy teeth, and they've got the puppy hanging off a rope and spinning it in the air. And all I can think about is, you know, not even the jaw on the dog. I'm just thinking the the pressure and the force on those teeth. Yeah, I think in general, you know, dog, I, I have a toddler at home, so dogs and toddlers are similar in some ways. You, you kind of do have to be the adult and supervise what's an appropriate thing to do and what's not an appropriate thing to do. And I think if you wouldn't do it yourself with your own teeth, like hang from the ceiling suspended by your own teeth, you probably shouldn't do that with your, with your dog. Is there such a thing as braces for dogs? There are. We do a little bit of orthodontic treatment for some dogs with some types of malocclusion. So a malocclusion is any time the teeth are coming in in an abnormal position or when the jaws are malaligned in terms of whether one is too long for the other. Um, so we do some orthodontic treatments for dogs that have certain types of malocclusion and we're always going for function. This is never something we're doing for cosmetics or to give them a beautiful smile. If we have teeth that are coming in in an abnormal direction and causing trauma or causing them pain, um, we can apply orthodontic devices that will shift those teeth into a non-traumatic position. Um, and so it's not something that we do all the time. You have to have a really compliant, uh, a really compliant pet. Um, you have to have an owner that can handle their mouth and can change little elastics inside of their mouth. Um, and you have to have just the right type of malocclusion in order for that treatment to be successful. So it's the sort of thing that as a veterinary dentist, I do maybe once or twice a year, I'll see a patient where we get all the right factors that it can be successful. Um, so we do do it from time to time in the right circumstance, but it's not an everyday treatment. So is there, you know, a, a lot of people don't realize I, what I want to try and avoid here is people going, oh, okay, well, I'm brushing my teeth. Here's some crest and putting it on their dog's teeth. So is there a special toothpaste or is it like, what should people be brushing with? The, the toothpaste in dogs and cats, they do make some veterinary enzymatic toothpaste, which do help to break down plaque and tartar. And those can be really helpful. 
they are often flavored and so some dogs with allergies you have to be a little bit careful about what the flavoring agent is that you're not going to give them some kind of an allergic reaction but really what we're going for when we're talking about brushing teeth in dogs it's the mechanical action of the bristles of the toothbrush breaking up the plaque and tartar the toothpaste if it's peanut butter flavored or chicken flavored or something like that it's often it makes it kind of a fun experience and dogs really like that but the biggest, most important thing that you're doing is breaking up the plaque with the bristles of a toothbrush. So you could even brush with warm water if you had a dog that's really sensitive to flavorings or gets an upset stomach with that sort of thing. It's just getting in there with the brush um, and the mechanical action of those bristles is the most important thing. You would not want to brush with a human toothpaste because they um, they can't spit the toothpaste out and they'll often ingest it. And so you don't want the fluoride because high levels of fluoride can be toxic. Um, so you wouldn't want to brush with a human toothpaste, but a veterinary toothpaste or even just plain water is fine. Dr. Jane Pegg, I'd like to say, you know, it was a pleasure and I really hope that you have answered people's questions out there and that people will start to, uh, you know, really take care of those teeth. So thank you so very much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And um, yeah, you let me know if you have more teeth questions in the future. I'd love to come on and answer them. Amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Dr. Jane Pegg is a veterinarian who practices exclusively in canine dentistry and oral surgery. I'm Sherry Davis, and this is How To Dog. Today, we're talking about dental care and how we treat tooth trauma in dogs. Let me tell you, do I ever have some experience with this? I had a dog and all of a sudden the side of the face started swelling up and in behind the eye and oh, what a mess the dog's face was. Anyways, we were treating for an infection. I was looking for anything that had punctured around, you know, the outside of the face, maybe in the bushes or while we were playing. Anyways, I was looking for an injury that may have occurred while we were out in the bush or training. We ended up going to the vet, and even though the eye and the face was all swollen, it ended up being a rotten tooth, and there was a massive infection back in one of the molars. So, you know, it is so important to get the teeth checked on a regular basis because it's not just they're not eating, or you might not just notice a symptom where it's a tooth-related problem. It causes all these other problems with their sinuses and their sight and their throat and their necks and swelling. So I've had my fair share of tooth problems, and I know now you really got to take care of those teeth. My second guest today is Dr. Danny DeRose. He's a veterinary dentist at the Veterinary Emergency Clinic in Toronto. He also teaches veterinary students and other veterinarians about dental extractions and how to help dogs through sometimes painful dental-related disorders. Dr. Danny DeRose, could you please tell us what you do and your title? I'm a veterinary dentist. And what that means is exactly what it sounds like. I take care of all the things related to the oral health care of our pets. Um, everything from routine cleanings all the way up to root canals, jaw fracture repairs, and things of that nature. 
Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I think this is something that, you know, a lot of dog owners in general don't realize, A, how many diseases can come from the mouth and that they're just like us, that we need to take care of our teeth and they have to take care of their teeth. There's about uh, 80% of dogs by the age of three years old already have what's known as periodontal disease um, in one form or another. Uh, and uh, what that means is just basically infection around the teeth and resulting in bone loss. And that's usually from um, a combination of things, but lack of hygiene. You know, most people don't brush their dogs and cats' teeth daily like we brush our own teeth. So they end up with a lot of, a lot of periodontal disease and infection in their mouths, very common. Okay, so when I was introducing you, you said, um, I, I know that you're located in Toronto, Ontario. Um, however, some of our listeners, when you introduce yourself, you said VEC. Could you tell us what that is? Yeah, sorry. That, that's the Veterinary Emergency Clinic. Um, it's located at 920 Young Street in Toronto. It's, a, it's probably, I think it's the first veterinary referral hospital in Canada and uh, it encompasses a variety of services there. We have dentistry, surgery, oncology, neurology, any kind of referral or any need, cardiology, we have that. So it's just basically a multi-specialty referral hospital and emergency clinic, and that's where I work out of. Okay, so um, people listening now are going to say, oh, I need to go to, uh, I need a referral to go see a dentist. And, and can you explain what the difference is like can your general practitioner veterinarian tell you if the teeth are good bad or do is it a specialty appointment only could you explain that to our listeners yeah so when you bring your your pet in for you know routine checkup cat or dog one of the things your veterinarian should be checking and most likely is is inside their mouth you know and it, you can only tell so much from a conscious examination meaning when, when they're awake you can only tell uh, briefly what's going on you're not able to like probe each teeth and see what's going on below the gum line but looking in the mouth you can tell a lot of information and it's certain things are are under the umbrella of things a general practitioner can handle you know and then other things are a little bit more complex or you know such as root canals, things like that, that would be something to refer to a veterinary dentist or really complex extraction cases where it's, you know, numerous teeth or need to be extracted. So I think a lot of our listeners might just be in shock of what you said, a root canal for a dog. So basically your dentistry is very similar to human dentistry. It's identical, I'll be honest with you. Um, I did a five-year uh, residency, and that was very intense. Involves a lot of reading, you know, textbook. But most of the books I read from were human dentistry textbooks. And yeah, it's it's uh, like I said, it's all the same anatomy. And I mean, inside the tooth, the, the shape of the teeth may look different, but the inside's all the same. And uh, root canal is a great option for broken teeth in dogs. You know, other than the only other thing you can do with a broken tooth, a big canine tooth is extracted, which is not a great option for a dog because, uh, you know, they lose that tooth. They lose the function of that tooth. So root canal just allows us to save the tooth. And it's really a really non-invasive procedure compared to an extraction. It's much easier on the pet and they recover much nicer. Okay, so I'm going to touch down on something here. When I'm at the dentist and they say, open your mouth and keep your mouth open, you know, yeah. I understand that and I can do that, you know, nine times out of ten. I'm pretty good at taking <laughs> instruction. However, you've got a dog and now you've got this animal who is probably in some sort of pain. 
Um, and you have to do dentistry on an animal that doesn't understand what you're going to be doing. So obviously I'm, I'm just going to air what I think here. You're going to have to anesthetize the dog to do Correct. your dentistry, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They have to be under a complete general anesthetic. That's the only way to properly evaluate the teeth. Um, and yeah, they, they wouldn't allow us to take x-rays of their mouth awake, uh, unfortunately. So yes, putting them under general anesthetic is, is uh, a requirement. Fortunately, general anesthesia is very safe. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's something clients concern themselves about quite a bit, but I, I, I try to allay those fears. We have a board certified anesthesiologist monitoring the patient. So yeah, it's, uh, it's part of the procedure, but it's, it's, it works out quite fine. You know, I have seen advertised out there that there are these independent companies or pop-up companies, um, and you take your dog in and they're claiming that they do all the cleaning and dentistry on your animal without an anesthetic. And I just don't understand how that is even a possibility yeah, it's not dentistry at all. It couldn't be further from that. It's basically um, a, a cosmetic procedure, I guess. You know, and I, I tell people that usually some of these services are offered by groomers and that sort of thing. And I, I always say to people, would you would you go to your hairdresser to have your teeth dealt with? You know, it's basically what you're doing when you're going to the groomer. No disrespect at all to groomers, but dentistry is a very complex field, and it's not something that should be taken lightly. Um, you can do a lot of damage to a uh, dog's teeth while you're doing a scaling with called non-anesthetic cleanings. Um, the animal can be moving a lot. In order to clean the teeth, you need sharp instruments. You can lacerate the gums easily for the dog moving around. And the most important thing is you're not really getting a thorough cleaning and you're not getting the areas that are important. And what I mean by that is what these services provide is trying to remove some of the superficial brown calculus or plaque off the teeth. That's fine, but you're not, the source of the problem is really underneath the gum line. And unless you're cleaning under the gum line, that infection is going to get into the bone, start receding it, and that's how you're going to lose the teeth. So, and in order to evaluate the teeth, you need dental x-rays and you, they're not taking x-rays of the teeth, that's for sure. Um, so without that, you're just, you're basically paying for, for nothing of value for your dog. Um, and they're, they're being kind of preyed upon these fears of people have of anesthesia for their pets. And, you know, um, and people always ask me, you know, when they are kind of hesitant about it, maybe they have an older pet, that sort of thing. And I always tell them, you know, I, I'll never tell you a hundred percent, your dog's going to be fine during this procedure, but, and make it out. I'll give you a 99% guarantee. You'll be fine. You know, and that's, and that's not just a number I'm making up. That's a number that's all the many studies have been brought up about uh, complications during anesthesia, um, dogs and cats. And that's about, you know, the complication rate is, death rate is around 1% for dogs and cats, which is pretty low. I mean, 1% is, uh, is pretty good odds considering, um, you know, and I tell people it's kind of a risk benefit as well analysis i mean your mouth your dog or cat's mouth is in such discomfort the only way i can fix it is for your animal to be under anesthetic so you have to be willing to take maybe a small risk in order to get benefit versus uh the non-anesthetic you have the risk of your animal getting injured not doing a thorough job um 
your pet's going to be left in pain because you're still not dealing with the discomfort that's underneath the gum line. Now, many of these pets need extractions to alleviate that discomfort. So if you're just kind of doing a very superficial cleaning, you're definitely not doing any benefit to your pet and it's, you're doing quite a detriment to them in the long run for sure. Okay. Now I, I've got to, again, be the devil's advocate here because that's, that's what I have to do. I know that there are many people out there driving or listening in their living rooms right now, looking at their dog, laying on their couch or, you know, is sitting on uh, at their feet and they're going, well, you know, wolves don't go and see a dentist. So, you know, a lot of people think it's a money grab. A lot of people say, well, dogs in the wild or wolves and foxes, they don't get to see a dentist and they live happy, healthy lives. But do they? Yeah, well, they, yeah, they, they, they don't, you know. I mean, their, their lifespan is much shorter than um, domesticated animals. Um, and a lot of them, yeah, I mean, pets live with dental disease, wolves that live in the wild with dental disease, broken teeth. That doesn't mean they're living a, a happy, healthy life. You know, if we, if we broke a tooth, uh, we had pulp exposure, nerve exposure, we'd be running to a, the dentist or the endodontist the next day for a root canal or, or, or some sort of treatment for the tooth. So these are, these are big time quality of life issues. Um, oral pain, you know, it's, it's been described by many people over the years and centuries going back, you know, it's the 1600s and that sort of thing. It's one of the most excruciating pains you can experience, you know, dental pain. There's, there's nothing quite like it, an abscess tooth or uh, a tooth that needs an urgent root canal. It's quite an emergency. And, uh, that, that, that's what's, so dentistry is certainly uh, for pets is, is definitely not a money grab. That's what really drew me to it was the fact that you, I can really make a difference in these pets lives i found it was the um the best way i could improve their quality of life and make a difference right away um so it's yeah you know it's funny it's funny you say that because um i couldn't wait a day to go and see a dentist i i unfortunately just uh, had a very bad experience with one of my teeth and um I, the, I, I was training one of my dogs and I thought I had put like a jujube in my mouth and it was like one of those gobstopper th- hard little candy things. And I had it in my teeth and the dog jumped up and hit my chin and it cracked my tooth right in half. Well, I'll tell you pain. But the funny thing was the pain wasn't just in my mouth. I had an earache. I had an eye spasm. It went into my neck. And this is all stuff just from a tooth injury. It can really affect the health of a dog in many other ways. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that pain just tends to radiate. And that's why if your dog or cat has a broken tooth, um, it needs to be dealt with. There's o- there's only two options for a tooth that's broken that has exposure of of the nerve and root and uh, pulp inside of the tooth. The only options are for a tooth like that are either root canal or extraction because that infection gets inside the tooth right away as soon as it's broken and within 24 hours that pulp is already starting to become infected. Um, so we there there is no wait and see with a broken tooth. There is it needs treatment. It needs either root canal or extraction. Those are the really only two options for a broken tooth. Uh, it's not it's not we'll monitor it and see how things go. No, it's in some general vets unfortunately are still of the mindset. Oh, that tooth's been broken for years and the dog seems okay with it because their face hasn't blown up or abscessed or something like that. Well, they could just dealing with it 
a dull chronic pain all the time. Um, so yeah, it's people out there, your dog or cat has a broken tooth, get it assessed, you know, right away and ask your vet, what are the options for this tooth? Can I have it, should I have it removed? Can I have it referred for a root canal? That sort of thing. It's not a wait and see what happens kind of thing though, for sure. I'd like to thank Dr. Danny DeRose again for coming out and helping all of us, um, uh, making us a little bit more knowledgeable on how important canine teeth is um, for their health and the benefits of keeping your dog's mouth good and healthy. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Dr. Danny DeRose is an emergency veterinary dentist in Toronto, and he helps train other veterinarians on canine dental care. I've learned a lot this episode. I know many of us take our dog's dental health for granted, but oral health is just as important as general health. Hopefully, you've gained some knowledge about how to better care for your dog's teeth. I know I have. If you have time, please rate, review, and follow us in your podcast player of choice. Hudson and Rex returns with all new episodes this January on City TV. And catch up anytime on City TV Plus, the City TV app, or at CityTV.com. And now it's time for Fun Dog Facts. Most of us know that dogs can hear at frequencies much higher than humans can. We can hear sounds that resonate at up to about 20 kilohertz. But dogs? They can hear frequencies of up to 60 kilohertz. This is why we can't hear a dog whistle, but it will definitely make your pooch jump. Cool, right? I know, you probably knew that. But did you know that music has been composed that only dogs can hear? And not by just any old band. The Beatles even wrote music for dogs. Paul McCartney has said that near the end of the song, A Day in the Life, they included some music that only dogs would be able to hear. So, the next time you play that song, get your dog to listen with you. You might be surprised at how Fido reacts. How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis. Produced by me, Davin Langell. And me, Adam Killick. Executive producers, Christina Jennings, Scott Garvey, and Sherry Davis. Editing and mixing, also by me, Adam Killick. Research by the amazing Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast produced in association with Rogers Sports and Media Incorporated and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2022, Shaftesbury. Shaftesbury.